0: Hey kids, it's Pete Rupas with the world's okayest starting strength coach here to give you the rundown on everything that we have coming up. For seminars, we have June 3rd through the 5th with a few spots left. After that, it'll be August 12th through the 14th and then October 14th through the 16th. For training camps coming up, we have a self-sufficient lifter camp on September 10th in Wichita Falls. And then we still have spots for our lift, shoot, fight camp. That's on April 30th to May 1st. That's in Wichita Falls as well. For starting strength camps going on at starting strength gyms, we have May 14th in Boise, Idaho with a squat and deadlift camp. Then we have June 11th in San Antonio and June 11th in Orlando, Florida. Both those at starting strength gyms. Both of those are Squat and deadlift camps as well. For Starting Strength Gyms news, Columbus is set to open here shortly. So congratulations to them if this goes out after they've opened up. But you can find out more information at columbus.starringstrengthgyms.com. After that, we still have Tulsa, Tampa, and Miami on the list at various stages of opening. So for more information on any locations that might be coming up or that you would like to see come up, head over to locations.starringstrengthgyms.com. Dot com. And Speaking of gyms, we are still continuing to hire coaches. So if you're interested in a career change or if you're a coach now and you'd like to join us, head over to the startingstrengthgyms.com site. Check out the coaching tab, fill out the form and get an appointment to talk to Inna about that process. And then finally, if you're not a coach yet or you're just becoming a coach and you'd like to accelerate your coaching development, we do have an online coaching development course. If you go to the main site, startingstrength.com, and check out the coaching tab. You can scroll down, check out the information and the details on that. You'll get assigned a starting strength coach mentor. You'll go through about 20-plus modules covering anything from mechanics to anatomy to physics to programming to coaching theory. You'll also submit coaching assignments via video and get feedback on your coaching from your starting strength coach mentor. It's a great way to jumpstart this process and stomp on the accelerator, with your development. So check that out as well. And finally, always remember that Brie is an Android, so if you have to deal with her, please be patient.
1: Mildly entertaining, somewhat obscure guests, relatively interesting topics, semi-professional production quality, reasonably well-informed commentary, a great value for the money, hundreds of fans all around the world. It's the Starting Strength Gyms podcast with your host, Ray Gillenwater. All right, I'm here with my friend Pete Trupos, the self-proclaimed world's okayest SSC, as you can see in a Zoom title here. Um, by the way, for those of you that don't that are not familiar with ancient Greek, uh, Trupos means frequent masturbator. So I want you guys to be aware of that because. <laughs> Pete has roasted me probably fifty times already on the intro to the audio version of Rips Podcast. So that's what you get, buddy. Welcome to the show.
0: Yeah, but it it's it's not, you know, it wasn't undeserving, I guess. I I, I don't know. It's just fun and uh I, I do it just for you, right? Oh if I can make you laugh, I don't care about anything else. That's my main goal in life. You don't
1: care about the hundreds of thousands of confused listeners wondering what the hell's going on?
0: No, I want them to be interested and figure out like, oh, who's Ray? Who's this Ray guy that Pete keeps ball busting?
1: This mythic one-legged so Yeah, getting... uh, who beats up grandmas. <laughs> 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 with
0: no with a broken neck.
1: Some of the stuff's Break true. That's fighting. the shitty part. So you're confusing people. It's like, wait a minute. Is, is he telling the truth or not?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. There's mm-hmm. always got to be a little kernel of truth there. It makes it that much funnier. Uh-huh. Fake, At least I think. Fake news, I don't know. man.
1: Um, so Pete is—you uh, probably know Pete. He is the part owner and head coach of Starting Strength Orlando. He's been an SSC for a long time. He is a seminar staff coach. Um, are you showing the titties or the?
0: Well, the Orlando. Oh, the thing. word to be. Okay, got it. Happen to be on my on my moves. Those
1: are luscious. <laughs> and uh he is the ending scene of the intro to the video version of this podcast where he's doing that adorable can you yeah that that pose i think this
0: is the same pose i don't know
1: pete runs social media for starting strength he's the one that's um you know giving you snippy remarks when you uh when you irritate him and and the rest of the staff and um yeah so i wanted to have pete on the on the show today we're actually not just going to fuck around the whole time we're going to talk about some interesting stuff hopefully so Pete, let's talk about uh, let, let's let's give the people some value that that want actual training information, and then we can save the messing around yeah. for later. Uh, uh,
0: okay. Yeah. All so right. uh, we're doing this for free though. Uh,
1: well, I think YouTube has a new feature where you can actually force people to pay. So you tell me. Oh. <clears throat> fine. Marquise Brown, M- than- MKBHD wanted eight bucks a month for me, and I'm like, man, you're already making ad revenue. Relax, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, Hey, so w- what are some common misconceptions about starting strength? And you, you get the full brunt uh, of this cause you deal with the, the full blown general public online and, and you get people, it's, you know, saying we're doing the good morning squad and all, all this, all this nonsense. So what are the biggest misconceptions?
0: Yeah, it, it's all, all and all in their glory, the general public uh, and it's uh, running, you know, in, Instagram, Facebook, and, uh, and the Twitter account, um, is interesting, right? Cause anytime a new video comes out or a new article comes out or we post anything. And I, I'm, a, am on the front lines just getting just absolutely <laughs> hammered with some of the, uh, unearned confidence in some of the, the misconceptions or misrepresentation of some of the stuff. And, uh, it's, it's quite hilarious sometimes. Um, I mean, the easier ones, the low-hanging fruit, are, are that uh, rip-it-toe tells everyone to go mad, regardless of uh, of what their body weight is, their age, uh, their training goals, any of that stuff. Uh, starting strength is just about uh, drinking a gallon of milk a day, and everyone should just drink a gallon of milk a day. And rip-it-toe wants to make me fat, and yada yada yada. Um, that that's one that that comes to mind, and it's to the point where I like, oh, I'll lean into it now. <laughs> And uh, and just start to make fun of it um, and just respond as if that's actually what we want with a with a meme of of rip holding a gallon of milk or something silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I don't know how many times how many videos or how many or, 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 that he said on or clarify the position that that is a very narrow population where go mad or a gallon of milk a day would actually be. Useful, And that's the underweight young, young male, yep. right? Like that 17, 18 year old that is underweight to begin with. That's the quickest way to get, um, to put on some, some, some mass to get some decent calories, um, to be able to facilitate, uh, you know, getting bigger and stronger.
1: Yeah, man. Mammal so, growing uh, juices, Ripito says, um, <clears throat> I actually don't blame what, what? the general public for being confused about this, especially the weight gain part, because how I met Rip, actually, I don't know if I've told you the story or not. Um, mm. I sent him an email after I was doing his program for a couple of months, and I got stuck. And I got stuck because I was trying to eat clean, and uh, it was cool. I mean, I had abs and stuff, and I was building some muscle for the first time. I was always a skinny guy. I was really happy about it. And I was probably two hundred pounds, maybe two ten at six foot two. Um, gaining, I've already gained thirty or forty pounds on the program, right? So uh, when I talked to Rip. He told me to not eat clean, that my health doesn't matter as far as eating is concerned for a couple of months, right? Like while I'm trying to get big right. and strong. And he's correct about that. And then he said something that totally didn't make any sense to me. He was like, You know, you'd be a hell of a lifter at 260 pounds. I'm just thinking to myself, I can't, I cannot envision myself at 260 without being a fat slob, right? So I'm just like, man, this, this guy, uh, he has a different point of view than i have <laughs> but yeah but he was right though man because i weigh 250 now and um you know i'm not a, a yeah. sloppy tub of lard
0: no uh, no you look good yeah. you look good i mean if 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 kathy wasn't in the way i would absolutely make a play for you <laughs> but, uh, but but man uh, 250 no, I'm, I'm, you know, right dig it. like a, so
1: imagine being a part of the general public you haven't done the program before you haven't lifted weights and then you've got some some guy uh, from Texas telling you you need to gain eighty pounds or a hundred pounds. like numbers that just seem absurd. So I, I actually understand this misconception, but the uh, the straw man argument without fully understanding our point of view is the frustrating part, right? It's like no one ever said yeah. every your grandma doesn't need to be on Gomad. If you're seventeen and right. you weigh one hundred and forty pounds at six foot two, you need to be on double gomad, you know
0: yeah, and it, I think it's yeah, it's it's purposely misrepresented um, all, all of the time. And I remember early on, and i i can't find a line in the book i thought it was in the book and it might have been in an article or it might have been i know rip had said it like it's not it you know putting on size and lifting and being in a caloric surplus isn't an excuse to become a big fat slob either Yep. so early on you know when i started this down in like 2014 um you know i, I understood that there needed to be a bit of a caloric surplus but in no way shape or form did i ever you know think that i needed to eat double the calories four or five six thousand calories a day I, you know, in my mid thirties mm. trying to do this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just one of those. It's just one of those annoying things. Yep. Um
1: Let it out, man. So, Let's make this uh, a bit of a therapy session. What else, what else bugs you tell us?
0: <laughs> um I think the other big one constantly is uh that starting strength is a shitty powerlifting program <laughs> and that nobody, nobody starting strength has never produced any world-class lifters, either in Olympic lifting or powerlifting. So therefore it is a shitty program and, um, which is another fun straw man to deal with mm-hmm. because we've never claimed to be either one of those things. And especially not a, um, uh, a powerlifting program, right? Powerlifting is the, is a sport. Yep. Uh, there's, there's, uh, there's different things that you're going to, you're gonna be training a little bit differently for that with the, uh, uh the goal of competing in this sport. And then that, in that case, you're trying to, you're trying to lift the most lifting the most weight is the priority within the rules, you know, within the range of motion that that's accepted by the rules, which is different than the way that we set people up to train, which is just to get generally strong. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, there's not, we're not considering that. It's not, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we've produced some pretty strong people, relatively speaking.
1: Yeah. How many um, people press but, 405?
0: Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and, uh, I mean, how many 700 pound deadlifts have we seen at these strength lifting meets too, which is far and away stronger than the average anyway, but yeah. <clears throat> the, that's not the point And that's not what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, who cares? We're trying to get ordinary people extraordinarily strong yeah. to steal Paul horns, you know, old horn strength, um, motto. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our, our value is, is in, um, the appeal to the widest swath of the population possible. And really, the people that that need us are probably the ones that are on the left side of the athletic spectrum, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think, who we deal with the best. So, if we were to line up, like, who's had the greatest impact across the widest swath of people, I don't think that there's there's very many that can say that they've they've done as much for as many people as as we have. Yeah. And then there's also some selection bias too, in that you know, naturally stronger people that want to compete in powerlifting are going to seek out, you know, coaches that they perceive that coach other top athletes. So it ends up becoming, you know, a a bit of selection bias on that side as well. So, you know, it pointing to pointing to somebody, um, or someone's program, um, and saying it's, it's a success or failure based on a handful of, um, specific people, I think is, you know. Uh, one of my favorite strongmen or strong men it's, it's not strong clear thinking man.
1: it's either an intentional misrepresentation or it's a complete misunderstanding um <clears throat> and you, it is and a lot of people a lot of people think rip is impolite which uh is true and they they uh you know they shit on him for not being a nice person and this and that and anytime that ever comes my way i always just ask him, hey how many hundreds of thousands of people have you helped improve their lives and how many has he so if, if what he says rubs you the wrong way sometimes, maybe toughen yeah. up, buttercup. He's uh, he's doing pretty good work, and, and you got to respect that. And he doesn't give a shit uh, about powerlifters. He doesn't give a shit about Olympic weightlifters, and neither do I. I mean, we're here to make the general public stronger, and we make that pretty clear, and we do a damn good job of it too, and we've got all the data to back it up. So the program works yeah. every time it's applied correctly, and we now have all the logbook data from our 800-plus members at the gyms to verify that that is the case when people show up consistently.
0: Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's hilarious. And especially when you get to know rip, like you, you and I get to know rip and a lot of us get to know rip and understanding and really stepping back and seeing what a generous guy he is just in general. And then especially with his time, um, it's, you know, it's tough to, it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. I mean, I get, I get, I get sometimes the perception can be there, like you said, but, um, it's just, there's a lot of things that are is pretty far from the truth when you when you really get to know him uh, and step back and take a look at the contribution, you know, broadly that he's had. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: There are there are shitty people that don't care if they come off as shitty. Um, there are good people that don't care if they come off as shitty, and there are shitty people that pretend to be good. Uh, and, and and there you yeah, go. <laughs> Rip is uh, has a heart of gold. He probably wouldn't like me saying that, but he's uh, one of the nicest, most generous guys I've met. Yeah.
0: He'd hate you saying that probably, but <laughs> I, I think the thing, I think the thing that, and, and I've had this conversation with him too, is that the, the thing that, um, he has that is lacking in this industry largely is just integrity. Right. Yep. It's, um, st- sticking to his guns, um, and not, you know, not coming off message to, to cow tower to sell, um, uh, you know, uh, being open to, um, uh, to re-examining some things that we may have taken as canon in the past and, 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 um, maybe tweaking those things and look at the, the different editions of the book as it's grown, um, and some updates and stuff that we've, that he's put out there in terms of articles and videos. Um, but l- largely it's, it's to do with integrity. Yep. Um, and, uh, it's sadly lacking <laughs> across the board. Um, and not just in the industry, but just in, in general. Yeah. So I think it's, 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 it's kind of the, the exception more than the norm. And that's what I think sometimes people are um have an issue with. They don't know how to deal with it. And
1: a lot of people are drawn to it, which is the nice part because our hardcore audience, exactly. our fans, love the fact that ripito is happy to spend money and to lose an opportunity to make money if it come if it means doing the right thing. And I think that's the yeah. measure of integrity. Like, are you actually willing to pay a price to uphold your values? And I've seen Rippetau yeah. do that time and time again, nearly every time we talk sure. on the phone on our weekly or bi weekly call. Mm-hmm. So what else, man? What, what are some uh, what are some misconceptions that you've heard about starting strength? Like, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. What, what, what's what's one, you have any favorites that you're like? I'm just kind of sick of hearing this, or that you have kind of a ready-made elevator pitch or elevator response to?
1: You know, everyone that I talk to that knows about starting strength nowadays has a pretty good conception of it. Um, that's right. probably because I'm not on social media. I'm sure if I was on yeah. social media, I'd have a different point of view. And actually, that's that's intentional. <laughs> I'm, not, yeah. I'm not interested in getting that kind of feedback from strangers. I don't think it's healthy. Um, you know, you can tell me what you think about that. But so, you know, the, the main thing that I see online, like on the forum and stuff, is just people don't understand that this isn't. these aren't just a series of recommendations to get stronger. This is a program. This is a concrete, well-defined program that if you follow it to a T, it will work for you. Uh, and so people come on the forum, and I answer some questions on the forum from time to time, and they come off like this is, uh, you know, you can squat this way, then kind of invent your own programming, or you can, you know, modify the, the rest and not wear shoes, and not. It's like, no, this is a program that's specific, and you have to do all the details. And so I've I've made a bunch of videos and a bunch of comments about trying to reinforce the fact that this is kind of like a franchise model. A franchise model is a defined thing that if you follow um, correctly, ideally it works uh, for you, and and um that's not a mistake either. We're trying to make those the same. Uh, the the other thing I hear from the misinformed or the people that are just kind of coming into this goes back to just the weight thing. You know, people think like starting strength is here to make you fat. I think there are uh, several, a, a lot of our fans um, use strength training as an excuse to be fat, you know, which is fine. I mean, I don't really care if you're fat, but we've got plenty of 30 plus percent body fat uh, people in the community. Sure. And, um, you know, uh, when when there's a trend, people notice the trend and they comment in the in the in the YouTube comments. Um, but there are also plenty of guys who uh, have twenty percent or lower body fat, and um, right. that's just a matter of of nutrition primarily. So so the 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 failure to make distinctions about um, you know what what nutrition does to you and your compliance with the program and the outcome that you get is probably the most frustrating one for me. But but again, since I don't, since I'm not online, uh, I get almost all positive feedback about the program.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> the only thing I'm thankful that I don't run is the YouTube channel <laughs> that, and then the Reddit group, um, we, we pay other people to do that stuff because those for me tend to be the bottom of the barrel with, <laughs> with comments and, uh, and just unearned confidence in, uh, statements that are made about program or about the movements or about just strength training in general. Um, so I'll, I'm sure I'll have an argument or so it's a couple to go. Like last night, it, here's another one is, uh, is people lose their mind about uh lifters deadlifting with weightlifting shoes on mm-hmm. absolutely lose their mind. It's the <laughs> most ridiculous shit I've ever seen. I watched Nick D'Agostino who's an SSC out in Reno, uh, uh, hook grip, 700 pounds in in lifting shoes without in a, in a meat, um, and just absolutely nailed it. Um, the notion that this added three quarters of an inch or half an inch to the length of pull or to the, to the, to the range of motion, um, is, uh, is, um, anything to worry about, I think is, is, is kind of funny when you understand the trade-off that. You're you're in a non-compressible sole. You're in a more solid platform with, with which to pull and to stay and to stay balanced. With arch support. Um, with, with arch support on top of that. Um so yeah, I, I would say that for most people that the, the height difference in in the lift of the shoe is is negligible. Mm-hmm. I think there there now that's not to say that there are people that we can get into position better if they're wearing flats. I've had that happen and I've had people change that because <clears throat> they have their own. Idiosyncrasies that we have to deal with, but to absolutely lose your mind to the point where you're arguing in the comments of somebody,
1: <laughs>
0: I think is 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 pretty funny. Yep. Um, it's just dumb. I mean, we have all our new lifters, deadlifting, lifting shoes initially anyway, because, um, like I said, it's it's just a more solid platform to pull from. Um, it's, you're taking out this variable of being able to, um, struggle to find balance when getting in position to pull. Yep. Um, you know, and if down the road we feel like it's an, you know, something that would be an improvement, like if they're really long legged and short armed and they're going to get an actual benefit that, that I would say is maybe the only people that would get a, you know, a benefit from it, Mm -hmm. um, just to get their hips, just the hair lower so they can set their back. Um, you know, then, so then, so be it, and we'll make that change.
1: But it would be wonderful um, if anyone that made a comment like this was forced to enter their PRS with verification as well as what they do for a living because I, I have a feeling that all this frustration comes from people that don't really lift heavy and aren't very productive and uh hence they have the time to fuck around in the comments of youtube well,
0: that that's the funny part too is about 99 percent of the time uh their profiles are private mm-hmm. so you can't see anything anyway mm-hmm. or uh they're they're not even in they're not even in a position or or they're not in a they're not actually coaching anyone, and that—that's kind of the funny part. It's we call it borrowed intellectual capital back in the day, where I learned, I read all this stuff from somebody smarter than me, um, and I, I've never actually put it into practice. I've just read it and I've memorized it now, and this is my this is my belief system, um, and this is the position that I'm going to argue from.
1: Yep, it is truly a belief system because it doesn't come from a point of view of experience or from theoretical right. understanding. And in fact, now that you mention it, you you reminded me of one that I do get. By proxy, so my wife's best friend and Ben's new girlfriend, Courtney, who you'll meet at the retreat, um, <clears throat> she, uh, I ran her through the program and she made phenomenal progress. We got her deadlifted two fifty five in like eight weeks or seven weeks or something. Oh like wow, that. Um, super strong! And uh, you know she was squatting and stuff beforehand, doing light weights like one fifteen or something, and and uh, just kind of the standard. Put the bar high in your traps and sit down and stand back up. Right. So um, I get her squatting the way we squat. She's making amazing progress. You can tell like everything about her is changing visually, her, her technique, uh, performance. And uh, she's showing me some comments that she gets from random people. People that are just, you know, these like, these like internet tag along people that are just kind of in her wake trying to get her attention because they want, because right. <laughs> they like, they're thinking that someday <laughs> right. they might date her, right? And uh, so they'll, 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 I guess this is some sort of courting um, tactic. They'll. Make a comment and give her unsolicited advice on her on her form. And so the the one we saw more than once was, um, "Oh, you're going to hurt your back doing that. You're going to hurt right. your back if yeah. you squat like that." And yeah. I just, I just, my only response to that is, "If you're going to make an assertion, please back it up, right?" So exactly. what is what is the mechanism? Yeah. How 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 will her back be hurt? What is going to cause her back to get hurt? Um, and I, actually, I get a little frustrated by that because, uh, you know, who the fuck are these people? You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I know I, I I'm, I'm with you it's it, and I'll, I'll have, I have the same. I probably I have, I had uh, somebody was running off at the mouth on Twitter. One of these blue check marks with a huge following just talking absolute nonsense about stuff. And you could tell that whatever they were saying is stuff that they're just parroting that they've heard. Because when I asked when I went on the attack and said, okay, well exactly. What are the mechanisms by which somebody would hurt their back doing this or that, what exactly is going to happen? explain it mm-hmm. and i could tell they they didn't want because they would interact with everybody else that was commenting mm-hmm. but they would completely ignored the starting strength account um and you know somebody invoked bill Starr one time about something some other nonsense that's the appeal to uh, authority logical, I, logical, th- logical yeah, fallacy I, I would, yeah. and they didn't i don't think they understood that like rip and steph knew and were friends with bill Starr. so when i emailed them and asked them hey is this true they're like nope here's why he said it here's like steph put together a huge email about all this stuff and i just turned it into a twitter thread and went back at it Guy never responded and say anything to anybody continues to spout nonsense that is the theme uh, of social media
1: there there is a, a a an approved narrative across whatever domain you're interested in and people just parrot it, and it becomes a belief system. And it's, I think it's really negative. Mm. I think social media is one of the most negative aspects of modern-day society. But uh, yeah. hey, man, that's uh, yeah, someone's got to do I it. I mean,
0: if we're going to give people advice on, on who to listen to or if you're coming across somebody online that uh, it, it sounds appealing, um, I, I think the first thing to do is to go look at their body of work and see uh, w- w- what are they highlighting, what are they most proud of, what are they constantly posting. If it's pictures and videos of themselves, or infographics, or other nonsense um, that can be typed up on a on a computer, um, or their just their own sessions of them lifting or doing whatever, then I would approach with caution. I, I would say that the, the 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 folks that are most proud of uh, and, and know what they're doing about actually working with people um, will will highlight that as part of their you know their brand. Um, or, or their account, right? Looking for accounts that actually highlight their clients. Here's some great stuff my clients did. Here's what we're working on, so on and so forth. But if it's just, you know, 900 videos of themselves, and they purport to be a coach, you got to start to question. Okay, well, let's see it. Let's see it. Yeah. Where, where, where is it at? Let's see some of your clients. You know, I had this the other day with a guy about want to argue about the lifting shoes and and talk about the position of the starting position i go into their account they're a coach and i found a picture of somebody in the exact same starting position <laughs> i'm like all right guy um so anyways but uh so that that's kind of like my litmus test for whether or not this person is full of shit or not yep and most of the time if they have time to yap on it or if they're going if they're going at people um online uh yeah and, and some of it's just insecurity as well like <laughs> So, but whatever, that's a whole nother bag of, you know, bag of bullshit that we don't need to get into (laughs) where where people's heads are at. But let's get back on, I'll get you to drag it back on, on topic in terms of misconceptions. I've got, Um, I've got
1: one more for you that I thought of while you were talking. Um, so I, I do clash with people on the forum sometimes, and it's amazing how many people sign up to the forum just to post one thing that they're pissed about. That's a lot of effort. Um, but I clashed with some guy in Europe once who was, uh, who I think he was responding to my article. Um, was it Strength Training for Women? I, I don't know. If you, if you punch in and water and women on startingstrength.com, you'll see an article that pops up. Um, okay. No jokes, Pete. Uh, so so this guy goes on there and, and was, um, was countering my claim that getting stronger makes men grow and women grow in all the areas that they want to grow. Um, like if you want a big butt, and you're a gal, you should probably get your deadlift and your low bar squat up to 200 plus pounds, you know. Um, and it's just kind of it's math and physiology, just the way things work. The weight on the bar goes up, the muscles that move the bar have to get bigger to accommodate the weight. And as long as you eat and recover, that's what happens every single time I've seen it, time and time again, um, from people I'm very close with. And he's his point of view was he was trying to ask like, well, how does how does how do doing those movements make make your butt bigger? And I was like, well. What are, what, are the, what are the function of the glutes, for example? I mean, <laughs> uh, if you extend your hips with 115 pounds on day one, and then you extend your hips with 235 pounds on week nine, um, what what do the glutes have to do to accommodate that development? They have to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just – I'm stunned at the fact that it's this kind of like this bodybuilding mythology stuff that Rip talks about. He just did an article about it. Uh, or it was either – Yeah,
0: that was actually a pretty popular article. That was
1: fantastic. And, and it's true. Yeah. I mean – I was a a skinny guy at 24 Hour Fitness, you know, doing the bicep curls and uh, doing all the machines, like the trap raises, and I could just run around in circles doing that all day, every day, and I'm never getting any stronger, I'm never adding any additional weight to the bar. And then I remember um, later on, after I started starting strength, I went to the gym and I was doing the program, and I saw a guy who was just like me, in front of the dumbbell rack, doing the machines, and he was real lean, so you could tell he was on top of his diet. And I saw this guy every time I was at the gym, he was there. A year later, my my lifts and my size had gone up significantly. He looked exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so this this is probably one of the the biggest misconceptions, which I would characterize as strength for aesthetics. Um, strong looks good. Uh and, and mm-hmm. big and strong looks good on both men and women, and big means different things for for the different sexes. But um that that's that's a common one for me.
0: Yeah, uh, the, 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 yeah, the form follows function adage. Um, I, I run into that sometimes too. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, look, man, uh, I mean, and we, you've said it, we've said it, it's, it's not for everyone. And you know, if, if that's, if your goal isn't to get stronger, the most efficient way possible, then, you know, maybe, maybe it's not for you Yep. and, uh, um, and sometimes it's, it's, it's better to just maybe say that than, than argue with
1: somebody for sure. That, but, yeah, and I think um, that's a perfectly reasonable perspective because of... we, we actually, uh, I mean, personally, I'm happy if anyone's doing something other than being sedentary, I'm happy for that person. Um, yeah. there are more efficient ways to spend your time. If our reasoning doesn't make sense to you and you want to try something else, I mean, that's, that's your business, right? But, uh, mm-hmm. to make claims about our program when you have no practical experiences, uh, I mean, I think that says more about yeah, you yeah. than it does about us.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, again, most of the other little misconceptions I see are just either misrepresentations of what, it, willful misrepresentations, or or just willful ignorance about what 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 Rip or or, or the the group has said in the past about <clears throat> certain types of lifting, up positions, all that stuff. I think one of the one of the interesting things for me is this debate about. The start position in the Olympic lifts, specifically like something like the power clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have multiple videos on our YouTube channel showing the different hip heights. We explain why the bar needs to be put where it is versus the low, which necessitates the hips being higher. But I've never seen any good explanation from the other side about why the bar needs to be lined up over the the uh the metatarsal phalange joint, right? That toe knuckle, which is further forward a midfoot. I've never seen a good argument as to why that's the most effective way to pull the bar off the ground. Mm -hmm. I have seen, this is the way we do it. And then somehow they kind of do some mental gymnastics to explain it in a way that maybe appeals to people that don't know any better. Mm -hmm. Um, Even in the one article I've read from 2009 that attempted to explain it. um, (laughs) The author conceded that, a specific anthropometry that would put the bar closer to midfoot and put the, and put the lifter in this particular position, basically saying the way that we set it up would be desirable. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and that lifters with certain backgrounds or ethnicities are tend to be able to get in that position easier. And that's why they tend to do well in that sport, which is interesting. But when I asked why, how, an how an S curve bar path is more efficient than a more vertical bar path no one can seem to explain that to
1: me because essentially what you're doing by putting the thing forward of midfoot at the bottom is you're making the barbell heavier at the bottom so why would you want to make it heavier right um as far as your mechanical efficiency is concerned like it's more mechanically efficient to have it over midfoot and to pull the thing in a straight line and you know that's the that's the assessment and uh the outcomes that we see in the gym tend to reinforce that assessment, but we're open to being wrong if there's a, a, an, a part of the argument that we're missing, you know? Yeah,
0: and that, that, that's an uphill battle because we're dealing with kind of, you know, uh, tribal, tribal beliefs and, you know, institutional inertia, I guess you'd call it, <clears throat> where we've always done it this way, so this is the way that we're going to do it. And because the best people in the world do it this way, um this is that must be the right way to do it Mm -hmm. but there's really no there's no sound explanation outside of that that i've seen or argument that i've seen um you know my my ongoing theory is that the reason that it's still set up that way is from the, the initial um way that they would set up in olympic lifting before the rule change in the 50s where the bar wasn't allowed to touch your body Mm. and in that case you take a narrower grip and you put the bar a little bit further forward to make sure it didn't touch your body Mm -hmm. and i think over time that's just never changed people just brought their shins to the bar instead of bringing their bar closer to them but uh, that's that's just no one's ever been able to confirm that that's just kind of my ongoing my ongoing theory, uh, and that's probably interesting to one person <laughs> that's listening to this, and that's me. <laughs> so whatever. It's just starting to talk nonsense now. But anyways, um, yeah, it's 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 uh, a lot of a lot of uh, appeals to authority. Oh yeah, uh, without a lot of good arguments behind it, and
1: you know, and appeals to tradition because if something's been done yeah. for a long time, it seems to have more mm-hmm. validity to the average person, regardless of if it uh, actually passes the logic test, right? Right. Yeah, I've got one for you, man. Joint joint pain. I hear this okay. objection quite a bit from people that are not familiar with lifting weights, and don't know any people that are okay. strong, that have never been strong themselves. Um, the idea that lifting weights will somehow hurt your joints. Um, it can. Yeah, it can with incorrect form, and that's perhaps why it it has a bad rap. And uh, when you have people like the strongman guy, I forgot his name, that was on Joe Rogan, saying that the general public shouldn't deadlift because it's bad for your back. Uh, that probably doesn't help the matter, but um, you know, if yeah. you uh, if you lift correctly, I would argue that that lifting heavy is good for your joints, especially considering that muscle acts as scaffolding to support your spine, your knees, um, and all the important structures that that hinge. You know, what's your take on that?
0: No, I I would agree. Done properly, I mean, if you're if you're again, you, you have to take. I think when you're listening to someone's opinion on this. Um, you have to take a competitor's opinion with a grain of salt, because if they've decided to go into the competitive side of this stuff, um, then they've made a decision that that is more important than being healthy. And I say healthy as a catch all term, meaning that you're relatively free of injury and you're not, your, your, your risk for injury is very, very low. Mm. Um, when you decide that you're going to compete in this stuff, then, and I know rip said this stuff before too, I think, um. and and i think it rings true is that you you've decided that 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 health and safety are 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 of secondary or maybe even tertiary concern and that your main focus is going to be um competition and that requires a lot more input a lot more than than the normal person and it requires a a lot higher risk tolerance than the normal person Mm. so yeah if you were to try to do those guys and gals uh workouts Uh, yeah, you might have some joint (laughs) pain, but that's not what we do. Uh, If you get paid to work out four or five, six hours a day for four or five days a week. Uh, yeah, you probably need, uh, you you probably need, you probably need to be concerned about what, what, what you're doing to yourself, but in the way that we dose it, um, you know, I think, uh, there's nothing that I've seen that I've worked with or that I've heard that said, yes, squatting properly in the manner in which we prescribe, has, uh, had, you know, an injurious effect uh, on any of my joints. Right. It's only when things get out of whack and we have that, that form creep that we've talked about in the past, um, that goes on, un, with that. Things might start to get a little weird or funky, mm-hmm. but there isn't anything that we're, where where somebody has been able to do the movements properly, um, over and over and over again, that, uh, that they haven't, that they've, you know, um, how to deal with any kind of uh of of injury yep um you know an example would be um the elbow tendonitis that people tend to get in um in in the squat and that is a function of just an improper grip Mm. and no one ever correcting that Mm. for them it's not that the low bar squat will give you elbow tendonitis it's that doing the low bar squat incorrectly without a proper grip may may give you elbow tendonitis
1: um just like if you have nasty knee slide at the bottom that might make your knees hurt. Same deal. It could, yeah.
0: it could. I, I mean, and then here's the, and here's the rub too, is like, I, I don't, I try desperately not to um, say, don't do this because you're, you're going to get injured, absolutely. <laughs> um, do this because, do it this way, because this is the most efficient way to do it. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a less potential for, for anything to happen. But I try not to, I try not to um, invoke safety or fear of injury uh, to get uh, lifters to comply mm. and fix their technique. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what your experience has been, but in my experience, I've seen that go south where it's, now you've gotten somebody so anxious and riled up about not doing something properly that they're going to hurt themselves. They stop trying or they fall short of where they could if they weren't really worried about this thing. That's probably low percentage risk anyway. Yeah. It's a good idea so to kind of
1: analyze the, the client's potential for neuroticism and approach it correctly right yes yeah. yes yep.
0: so when they start telling you oh i, was, I didn't get to sleep last night because i was worried about these squats and you, you that's probably another conversation that you need to have but yep. but anyways um but back to your, your original point about joints no i mean that's not you know that the joints tend to get stronger and all, all the non-contractile tissue around the joints that support those joints and that need to be there tend to get tend to get stronger as a result mm-hmm. um so no I, I would say if it's dosed properly and properly being you know, pr- programmed properly for the training advancement of that lifter and their training goals and their, you know, their ability to or how they res- tend to respond to training, then then they should be fine. And I'll go so um, far as to say <laughs>
1: that, uh, uh, I don't know of any better solution for back pain than squats mm. and deadlifts the way we do. them. And I don't right. I don't know how many times you've heard it, but I've heard it countless times. People come into one of our gyms. Three, four, five workouts later, they report their back has right. felt better than it has in years. And in fact, this this sort of stuff was reported all the time before the gym started. There was a doctor in Germany that fixed decades long back pain with uh, Rips program and flew to Wichita Falls to thank him in person. Um, so it's it's a it's a shame, really. Yeah, it's just, it's a shame, man, that yeah. that there's this misconception because this could help so many people. Like, what is the size of the back pain industry in the U.S. Right? I mean, it's just. So many mm-hmm. people suffer from back pain. And if you just went through the process of making the structure that supports your spine stronger, you'd have quite a bit of relief. And, and it's not just back. I hear people uh, reporting knee pain that's gone after training with us for a few weeks. I just did an interview with this really cool older gal, Allison Bradley, who's a former um, Olympic cross-country skier. And she had a, she had hip damage, and her hip doesn't hurt anymore now that she's trained with us. Um so this is another one of those misconceptions that I think is just, uh, yeah, is just fear mongering and misconceptions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's amazing. Like, um, uh, yeah, it's amazing what just the, the, the right type of strength program and an increase in strength can do, mm. um, for, for, you know, across the board, it is, it truly is the tide that, that raises the rest of the boats. Indeed. Um, so, yep. um, yeah, so I think, um, in terms of other misconceptions, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to think of, of, of ones that I've heard recently that, um, that would be worth kind of beating the piss out of. Um, I
1: feel like we've cleared a bunch of them up over the past couple of years. I feel like nowadays, and this might yeah. just be my lack of engagement online, but I feel like nowadays with all of our content, we're uh, we've kind of made all the arguments public and, and kind of proven the point. Am I, am I mistaken in that? Or is that your point of view too?
0: No, I, I and I think uh, I, almost ad nauseum, right? I think, to the point where you could probably find several videos, uh, or articles basically restating the same thing over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And because people either are unwilling or unable to, uh, seek that information out or, or, or understand that information. Um, and, you know, again, either deliberately or, or just because they're just not going to be able to get their heads around it, or they're so entrenched in whatever it is that they're doing that, um, you know, that they're, uh, they're. Um, not willing to change. I mean, another misconception is that, um, you know, start, starting strength, the program we're talking about, I I assume that you're talking about the novice linear progression as it's, you know, as written, as we kind of put everybody on Mm -hmm. to start with. Um, uh, so I think one of the, again, one of the common misconceptions, we actually talk about this with, um, some of the apprentices and people that are going through the prep course is that novice means uh, beginner. Mm -hmm. Um, and which isn't the case I mean we 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 use these training designations to organize the training and they are simply to do with how somebody is going to respond to a specific stress Mm. and if you're unadapted to a specific stress then you're technically a novice right if you're able to go through this cycle of of stress recovery adaptation within that 48 to 72 hours then you're technically going to be a novice and the way and why that's important is because it's going to determine how we're going to best organize your training so that you get as you get as strong as you can, as efficiently as possible, and make the most of your time. Um, but people want to, people shy away from the novice linear progression, or they don't want to be designated as a novice because they have 10 years experience in the gym doing other prancing around with whatever, or you know they were a lifter in high school and college, and they're yeah. Um, but what I think people, want, if they can get o- if they can get past the the, the the novice designation and 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 get over their their ego about it. We don't understand how effective it is not only uh, at just getting you strong, but the data that you're going to get about how you respond to training by only manipulating one variable at a time Mm. and, uh, being able to use that information to determine the direction that you're going to take the program post novice, because once we get to post novice, it's highly individualized, right? There's a million and one different ways that you can, you can move this and, um, but if you never, if you've never gone through that novice linear progression to understand kind of how you respond to training, what you, what you're going to do well at, what you're not going to do well at, um, it, I think it's going to be more difficult to, to come up with an intermediate program or start your intermediate program, um, and not spin your wheels mm. w- without that information. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's another misconception is that we want, we want to, we want everybody to do this because that's all we know how to do. Mm. Well, that's not the case. It's. The most effective way to do it and as a coach i want as much information as as possible about how this trainee responds so that when it comes time i can make a determination about where to take them Mm -hmm. excuse me um it's not because i'm i'm you know we're lazy and we just want to put everybody on this because we don't know any better (laughs) it's the most effective approach Um,
1: get everyone back to basics Um, get them making rapid progress and then adjust things as needed instead of making a bunch of assumptions and doing trial and error right yeah. you know and people because a lot of people
0: come to the gym yeah you squat 300 pounds you can go to the bar and it, they're struggling to get 185 below parallel and you're just like all right yeah we probably need to fix this stuff
1: yeah too. yeah and it's um, and it's to the detriment of the people that have that point of view we had a guy at starting strength boise come in for an intro a couple of weeks back and he was a self-proclaimed 400 plus pound squatter um and he couldn't get to depth with uh, i don't recall what the weight is but it was super light and uh, we, we mm. told him we need to restart him and ramp him back up and the ego couldn't handle it, man. So he quit. And, uh, you know, for, for people that have been lifting for a while and, and don't have the ability to check their ego and go through the novice linear progression, even if it's for a couple of weeks, if you're an experienced lifter, that's your own detriment, because there's a lot of value you can okay. you can benefit from if you're willing to follow the process.
0: Yeah, I uh, having a bit of humility coming in, uh, both as a lifter and as a coach uh, is helpful. F- fortunately, uh, I have a godlike humility, so <laughs> I don't, I don't have that issue. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's my humility is, is, is just top it's tier. The best. Uh, it's the best, it's the best humility <laughs> that you've ever seen. Um, it's almost a
1: Trump impression. You know, it's just
0: the, one of the, one of the tenants yeah. <laughs> almost went there, but I can't do an impression. Um, I'm stuck at impressions, but, uh, but yeah um but yeah i mean that's another misconception in general broadly and that's one of those things that we're working we work with the apprentices and with the newbies going through the development program about how to have those conversations with potential lifters and potential clients and then because i've had that conversation i don't know a million and one times with potential clients current clients people are just starting out and they're like you know i I don't want to be a nut. well i I need information like i've never seen you move man i'm not taking your word for (laughs) for what you lift um plus we got to fix shit along the way so this is the best way to do both of those things, fix your techniques, or you're efficient and moving properly. So that's not a variable by itself. And then see how you respond to this stuff <clears throat> as we progress. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think another misconception too, is that um, so starting strength in general and starting strength coaches specifically um, just like to grind people into dust and that we're just kind of run you into a wall, reset you, run you in a wall, reset you, run you in a wall, reset you. Um, and and that, uh, that I know is, uh, is also not the case. Um, again, it's another, another straw man. Um, we, we, we do encourage, I mean, we understand that you're going to need to lift heavier in those sets and rep ranges that we, that we give you. Um, but I think the, 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 um, the notion that we're just continuously grinding people into dust, uh, is, is not. Not the case, at least not in my experience with my clients or or, or members. <clears throat> I can see where that that I know came of in, from. in my gym and other.
1: Um, yeah, I can definitely see where that, that came from because um, when I was doing this program on my own without a coach, I would grind myself into dust because I didn't understand how mm-hmm. to transition into intermediate. And then yeah. when I'd kind of run into the wall two, three times in a row, I then just did what most inexperienced people do doing this on their own, which is wholesale switch to a new program. And I tried right. five through one and Texas method, and lo and behold, my results weren't great. But um, yeah, I mean I imagine that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know of any starting strength coaches that uh, were able to pass the uh, certification requirements and, and don't have the ability to, to smoothly transition someone into the intermediate phase. And in fact, for me, I don't like it when my trainees fail on anything but the yeah. press. I'm happy to have people fail in the press because it teaches them to grind and it doesn't smash the CNS and it teaches them how to lift heavy presses, which is important because the technique varies when the, you know, it it changes as the thing gets heavier, obviously. Um, So that's, that's important. But for me, I mean, I'd rather have people be successful and feel good. Um, Even if that means losing an an extra week of of rapid gains, we're in this for the long haul. The rapid gains are great, but the ultimate goal is making you a better version of yourself so you can live a more productive life. You know,
0: yeah, it's and that's the thing I think people are going to keep in perspective too is they get the 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 allowance linear progression phase is is important, but it's 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 a small step in the bigger scheme of things. When you're talking about somebody that might be training for the next 10, 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. you're talking about eight eight to 12, maybe 16 weeks tops out of decades of you know f- future training. Um, so <clears throat> Calm the fuck down. It's going to be okay. <laughs> like a week or two here and there, adjusting things with the help of a coach is, is going to be okay. Yeah. That's not an excuse to not do hard stuff though. Right. Right. Um, I think, and I, I had this conversation on a, on another podcast the other day, um, it, is that you, you need to, you need to know where your edge is as a lifter, um, and push up against mm-hmm. it so that you can understand where you're capable, what you're capable of. Right. Um, I think being able to exactly so so that, and just understanding, yeah, is, 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 is building some of that, that, um, that resilience, um, by understanding kind of what you're capable of bumping up against something that's hard and overcoming that. Right. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's one of the quotes on the wall in the gym, right? The deadlift trains the mind to do things that are hard. Yep. Um, so that's not to say that we wouldn't take somebody to, to the edge, uh, so that they can understand, Hey, I just had this conversation the other day. With somebody in the gym where, press start to get hard, the, the 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 fourth rep, what? It was a little difficult locking out. They get the fifth rep. As soon as it slowed down, they just stopped and quit. Mm. I'm like, what are you doing? You got to push against that. You got to give me two or three, four seconds, and and push through that. They put it down, took their rest, and lo and behold, the next set was a lot better. And they just pushed through it, and it was nothing. So, um, <clears throat> but but the the lesson and the value, the lesson for that lifter and the value that it had. Um, taking them to that point, um, I think was was important um, because now they they have a better understanding of what to do when they run into that issue. Whereas before, if you've never had to do anything really truly hard physically, um, you, you might not know. Yep. And uh, and I think that's the that's the benefit too of, of of finding out where that edge is, letting them come to it, not for too long, um, and then uh, you know, and then making an adjustment there so they they can understand what that feels like.
1: My preferred approach for people that don't push hard enough on their presses. So if they miss a rep that they could have gotten, I'll have them put it back in the rack, count to 10, grab it, and say, do not quit until I tell you it's okay. And they almost always get that rep, (laughs) you know? And that's that's like an aha moment for them. It's like, oh, shit. I'm Mm -hmm. capable of more than I thought I was, which is super valuable. Mm -hmm. There is one other misconception I wanted to mention. Not sure how many you have left on your list, but um, that is that uh, this is just another program. Like, um, you can uh, do Pilates, do yoga, do starting strength, kind of, and, and you can, yeah. you totally can. But but this is, um, and it was a misconception that I had when I went into this. I didn't, I thought strength was something that you acquired and then you kind of went off to other things. And I did that with martial arts and stuff, but I've always come back to strength. Cause when I've had injuries like a broken foot or whatever, I can still lift. Um, uh, when I can't train jujitsu, I can still lift. Um, so as as now I'm I'm 37. The physical things that I enjoy doing um, are pretty bad for me at this point. And lifting is the thing that I can I can do that's actually good for me, uh, mm. and, while working hard, pushing hard, and putting in effort because I I love the feeling of overcoming something difficult. Um, and typically the things that I enjoy doing that in the <laughs> physical sense are just not good for me. So this is well, you know. <laughs> but this is uh pajama
0: wrestling sometimes yes can be injurious hugging
1: in pajamas you roll, like rolling say. around yeah. with
0: another sweaty dude yeah it's not good for your neck wetting on each other huffing and puffing <laughs> whispering sweet nothings into each other's ears from ta, time to time ta,
1: ta, yeah ta.
0: um yeah that can be injurious but uh yeah but but what i mean by yeah, that I is what
1: that. i mean by that is this it's um this i think once you become a lifter you realize that Lifting is like preventative medicine, almost. Lifting is like if you want to sort out your health and wellness, um, being a lifter and, yeah. and never putting down the barbell and making that a part of your life, having a home gym, um, in addition to your subscription to a starting strength gym or, uh, you know, membership at a local global gym or whatever. It, um, like it's, and we found out during the pandemic, lifting is a necessity. How many people were just rushing to get equipment because without lifting, they, their lives aren't as good. And that might be the case for yeah. some people with other, other exercise modalities, let's call it, but um, this is training, and training certainly has an advantage over exercise, and you don't actually know that until you've been through the process.
0: Sure. No, I, I yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think, um, I think people come to realize that once they get deep into their linear progression and realize that they're probably, and they start to compare themselves to others around them, um, they probably would be a little bit further along or better off if they weren't doing like nine other things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so, and, and that's where you gotta, I think as a coach and, and, and gym owners is, is, we gotta balance that out between understanding that for some people strength is the thing and for others, it's not the thing. It's the, it's a means to an end for other things. Mm. Um, and I know that some of the misconceptions around some of some one of the misconceptions here around the, um around a lot of the staunch adherents or fans of starting strength was that, you know, we absolutely will shit on anything else. That's not lifting. And I I don't think that's the case. I think we just need to get, make certain that we're very clear with people that, Hey, you're going to, you can do this stuff, but you're not going to do as well on the lifting side if you weren't doing it Mm. and allowing all your recovery resources to be devoted to this. So if you can put it on pause for eight to 12 weeks then you're going to be better off and then pick it back up. And, you, oh, by the way, you're going to find out that you're better at this other physical activity that you want to do, because now you're that much stronger anyway,
1: every single time. Um,
0: so, I mean, my frustration, but frustration, but like, well, yeah, kind of frustrated. It's like, I have, I have some younger guys at the gym that love playing basketball and both two of them uh, rolled ankles in the last week. And it's like, you get the text, like, I'm not going to be in the night. Cause I rolled my ankle playing basketball. Oh, you were making such good progress, man! (laughs) So, but to their credit, they 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 walked it off, and they came back as soon as they could. Now they're hitting they're hitting it back again, Um, and they cannot they have a better understanding of of what I meant by maybe just chill out.
1: Um,
0: You just reminded me of another
1: misconception, which is uh, what's that? Which is uh, people that believe strength can somehow be disadvantageous in their sport and uh this yeah. is common especially in martial arts and and it's that you can see the cognitive dissonance live whenever you have a conversation with somebody who's worried about lifting weights and putting on body weight because they're not failing to make the distinction between a bunch of things you know like power to weight ratio um if you're if you're adding muscle and have to go up with weight class or not if you're just trying to get as strong as possible within your weight class and how no one has ever lost from being too strong now, granted, mm. where, the, where the misunderstanding and the lack of distinction is made, I think, is when it comes to um, defining what level of stress should be applied to different aspects of your preparation. So, you know, uh, technique, conditioning, and strength, that's a very difficult balance to find. But it doesn't mean that you just ignore strength, because if you are stronger, you will perform better. And I can't think of a sport or even an activity that that, that doesn't apply to. Um, mm. what's your take on that?
0: Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I, I, and it's your point. I hear this a lot from, from folks and I don't do martial arts myself. I, I'd like guns, um, and carry firearms. So I'm not as worried about, although I probably should pick up some like basic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be quick um, on the draw. Yeah. That's I'm working on my, I can do that at home. Um, so, uh, so do, I do hear that, uh, martial arts specifically. Um, I think BJJ, uh, where you don't want to be too strong, uh, because you'll rely on that and not bother to learn the technique. And I think that's, uh, that's probably an individual issue.
1: Um,
0: yeah. If you're strong, just
1: relax a little bit, learn the technique, and then you can apply (laughs) your strength to the technique later. Right.
0: Right. right. Um, I mean, so I, I get the, I get, I get kind of that, that explanation. I think with a little conversation, I think the argument tends to fall apart. Um, you know, and then, you know, who knows, maybe it's a bunch of, maybe it's a bunch of higher belts that aren't that strong that just want to keep everyone weak. So they can, you know, so they can mop the, mop the mat up with them. I don't know, but I, and I've also heard, you know, folks of people that I've had that uh, clients that I've had that are strong or have got stronger and they go in to, to a BJJ class or they join a gym and the white belts and they're just ragdolling people (laughs) Mm -hmm. better of higher rank than them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know if it's an ego thing either too. I think there's a lot that goes into why somebody would say that. And it's, I don't want it's, to, it's tough for me to say for certain exactly why somebody would say that, um, w- without having that conversation. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think, okay. Yeah. So you can make the argument that if I'm stronger, I might not, I might not take the time and take as much time to develop my technique because I can get to what I, I can get the end result mm. faster with my strength. Um, yeah. But at, at the same time, uh, strength can only help. Sure. Right. Sure. So, I mean, if I can take your, even if you're untrained, if I can take your deadlifted from 200 pounds to 400 pounds, you're going to be in a much better position to go hands-on with somebody that's 200 pounds yep. than if you were only had a 200 pound deadlift. whether you're trained or not, you're, you know, so yeah, I I've heard that before. I don't know how to, it, it has to be a one-on-one conversation really to kind of, to peel back Wh- you know where their heads at with that stuff, and have that that conversation. Um, so yeah, I think it's just one of those things that's a little too there's got there's there's too much uh, too many questions to asked to really have like um, you know make a declarative statement about th- this and that without uh, without having a deeper conversation. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. If you're uh, if you're strong, you will be more physically capable. And then if you're trying to yeah. learn a new technique. <clears throat> You know, when I like to, when I learn new techniques, or when I teach new techniques in martial arts, it's, um, learn the movement pattern, then apply speed to the movement pattern. And then once you've perfected that, you can try to add power. But when you find that you've got an efficient movement pattern, that you can do it quickly. The power is already mm-hmm. there, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of teaching style and coaching. But, um if your biggest problem when sure. you go into a jitsu school is you're too strong and um, the coach is yelling at you for beating up the bigger belts, uh, or, or not, not beat them up because you don't have the technique, but giving them a hard time, then that's better than going in weak. I mean, I've done jiu-jitsu at 170 pounds you know. and at 250 pounds and my, uh, <laughs> I got injured in the first week, at uh, 170 pounds and my shoulder will, will never be the same. And, um, it's it's a rough sport you're gonna get you're gonna get injured if you go hard yeah, uh, but
0: that's the one that's the one thing that kind of that's i'm like hesitant because i want to do it but i'm like i really i can't afford to get injured at this point no, in my life no. um you know it's not seriously injured like i'm okay with a little soreness and like some tweaks here and there that's just natural that'll happen with lifting over a long enough period of time anyway yeah but like i, I really can't have somebody sublux my shoulder no and uh i have to get labral surgery
1: no, so no um, I'm, I'm somebody a little overzealous. <laughs> this will probably come out <laughs> I will, I will. Ap- after the event. But are you going to Nick's lift, shoot, fight seminar?
0: No, I, I'm not. Um, no, I'd like to, but I, I just can't with the gym and stuff. I have to because I'm working seminars and stuff. I try to keep my travel fairly limited because it's just me and Jacob. Yep. And uh, so uh, I, I'm not. I'm not planning on going to that. Although I think it would be a ton of fun, and I think it's almost sold out uh, at this point. Three spots left. Um, I think, yeah. Yeah that'd yeah, be I'm good worried, like yeah if you yeah if you break my arm or break my elbow or I'm just gonna I'm gonna fucking cock punch you uh, <laughs> that's I, I, effective. it's effective I I can't handle that stuff it's not like I don't want to be practicing with somebody and they're like uh oh, I gonna feel you tap sorry yeah uh-huh
1: yeah. well the nice thing about know, learning know, I'm, from I'm, I'm Nick talking,
0: I'm talking shit too yeah. but huh? if
1: you ever have the time and the nice thing about learning from Nick is he can teach you some really useful stuff in a way that's not super risky um especially the yeah, stand-up I, wrestling stuff greco
0: i try to sneak up on him at seminars i'll just walk up behind him and stab him a bunch of times like uh you know prison style with my pen and just be like see all that training You didn't do shit i just killed
1: you i've seen him pull uh, a blade on wells before so be careful man (laughs) okay that's a good point yeah Yeah,
0: he does he's always got some kind of weapon on Mm -hmm. him uh so um so yeah i think uh maybe i should be a bit more careful but uh Whatever, I don't know if it's one way to go, you know, there's worse things, there's worse ways to die than being stabbed uh, by Nick Delgadillo at a seminar. No, yeah. so, <laughs> at a seminar,
1: <laughs> that'd be a memorable one, um, the most epic
0: seminar yeah. ever. <laughs>
1: um, so, so that's all I've got, man, for misconceptions. Anything else you want to mention?
0: No, uh, not. Not from I can't think of anything that I've, I've come across recently that we haven't already covered um, in general where um, you know w- w- you know that, or that hasn't been dealt with ad nauseum on the site. Yep. so I think I got got through most of what I what I thought we wanted to um, or, or you know t- tend to deal with as is as, as running up against stuff in social media.
1: It's easier for um, me to say this when, since I'm not the guy having to deal with it every day, but I actually think the misconceptions are good. Because um, we we did, I shouldn't say we, I should say RIP, Steph, didn't come to these conclusions based on the way things have been done in the past. They came to mm. these conclusions based on an analysis of first principles. And then that, right. that got them answers, um, theories that are backed up empirically by the way people perform in the gym and on the platform. Sure. Um, and so that means all of the... Uh, sacred cows and preconceptions were thrown out. And I think that's probably a better word for this. It's not misconceptions, it's just preconceptions. So um, this is uh, this is an all-new point of view and changing the understanding of, of exercise science, let's say, from top to bottom. And um, that's not always an easy thing for people to do. People find it very difficult yeah. to uh, let go of preconceptions and be open to new information. But um, I think those that are willing to let go, like Scott Acosta is the best example of this. Scott Acosta, the head coach over at Memphis, he he said in his interview, which you can find on the YouTube channel, just type in Scott Acosta, starting strength, uh, he mentioned that when he first read the book, he came, to, he came uh, with the point of view that he's going to try to disprove it. That's just kind of Scott's style, right? And he had no arguments. He couldn't argue against it. So... You know, if you can't beat him, join him. And here he is. He's a head coach and uh, and is promoting the program. And he's, I mean, I've seen him change over the years. He's a big, strong guy, and he's a fantastic coach. Yeah,
0: he's hes a solid dude. I, I like Scott a lot. I've done a camp with him. Um, I haven't talked to him in a while. I probably should reach out to him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think, um, I, I think a lot of the misconceptions, too, Ray, as you, as you say that, um, have to do with just, you know, bro science bullshit that people have in their head about the way things should or should not work um, without any real understanding of it or any kind of, you know, diligence done to actually understand what the hell they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. There's um, th- this, especially when you're talking about programming for strength and programming in general, but, but because we're talking about strength, we'll talk about programming for strength, is that it's much, much more fuzzy then, um, I think people realized and there isn't, um, there aren't like discrete overload events mm-hmm. that allow you to be able to put, you know, this amount of weight on the bar just because you did this and that, um, I think understanding that we're dealing with complex biological organisms, um, a- a- and things are just a little bit more fuzzy than, uh, than I think people want to understand, um, will we'll, we'll kind of help to, um, uh maybe let go of some some staunchly held beliefs about approaches to training and then for me too is was just going back through and reading the intermediate the beginning of the intermediate chapter in practical programming i mean that was another misconception is that you know this th- we say to do this this and that when you become an intermediate and that people people will literally take the stuff and andy baker has clarified this i don't know how many times <laughs> that they're not templates they're not plug and play templates Like you can't just plug your numbers in, use the percentages that are in the book and expect to get this result. Mm -hmm. And it goes into great detail in the beginning of that chapter about why that is and how to approach intermediate Mm program. Um, those, the, the things in there are the, the programs that are, that are in there are for illustrative purposes to give you an idea of how to go about this. But the, and the percentages especially are, um, there to illustrate a potential approach to this particular program, um, in the way that it's set up. Mm. But by no means should you go to flip to the Texas method in practical programming, and then just plug in your numbers and do ninety. I'm going to do this here. I'm going to do ninety percent of this here for five sets of five, and have zero understanding of how to how to how that works or why you would do that to begin with, and then run yourself into a wall, and then say oh, starting strength sucks. It doesn't work. Yeah. Well, no, you you. You didn't do any, any of the work to understand what the hell you're doing or why it is you're doing it.
1: I feel so, like you're talking directly to me because I did worse than that. I actually just went on T Nation. Uh, I've done the same thing. I've done the uh, exact same thing. The Texas Method article and and had at it. And I was yeah. like, shit, this isn't working.
0: <laughs> I think we all, I, I think everyone has run in. And that's what some of the frustration is it gets you to people to come and find a coach that knows. You know knows what the hell they're doing mm. is that they, they take that you you do this i do this every seminar we're doing the programming lecture i'm like okay how many people own practical programming like almost everyone hand goes up mm. how many people have have uh have read practical programming and everyone keeps their hand up so no, no no how many people have actually read the words around the different uh example uh programs in the book and then it most everyone's hand goes uh-huh. down because that's what be pick up practical yeah. programming I'm an intermediate. I'm gonna to flip to intermediate. I'm gonna look. Okay, Texas method, HLM, blah 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 blah. I'm gonna plug and play this stuff with zero understanding of how they got there or how they need to approach it or what you know how they're gonna to respond to training and understand like this particular program might not be right for you because you don't respond to training in the same way that somebody this would work. Mm-hmm. And you can you can dispel that stuff. You just read the beginning of the intermediate chapter and understand like it's not there's not a discrete overload event. Like this stuff is fuzzy. Like when you're at the end of your novice linear progression. It might be you might go from every two to three days to now every four to five days and it's not an exact you know seven days that you're okay now you just flip a switch and now it's every week well it's it's every week the the intermediate programming is set up to organize the training because we live by days of the week weeks and months and months of the year Mm -hmm. and that's just the easiest way to do it it might be for some people it might be five days from to go through a new cycle of stress recovery adaptation for some people it might be ten days You know, a week just works nice because we have to organize our training and none of us really are getting paid to train. Yep. So, but that, that I think is another common, I don't know, a misconception. Well, yeah, I would say a misconception because then people do it wrong and then come away with the sour taste in their mouth that, you know, we're selling bullshit when really it's, it was a half-assed approach to, to, to begin with. It's a lack of diligence. Yeah. 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 Or just, you know, an unwillingness to understand or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I was the same way, man. Okay. Yep. I'm doing Texas method. I'm an intermediate now. I'm going to do Texas method. And I, uh, even at the point where I was first a starting strength coach and still, you know, still working through, um, how to program for people, uh, you know, I was still screwing stuff up myself. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that fortunately I had some, 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 some mentors in that regard and went back and like checked my ego. Uh, and so okay. Yeah. I'm, I have the SSC. It doesn't mean I'm an expert in this particular part of being a coach I need to go back and get really a lot better at that
1: yeah Uh, I was uh quite a mediocre coach when I got my first SSC and I'm I think I'm a Mm. good coach now but plenty plenty Mm. to go and as the world's okayest coach yourself I'm sure you can understand where I'm coming (laughs) from that's not the worst I'm the okayest (laughs) I think I'm if not the
0: funniest one of the funniest just at least I'm just gonna keep telling just myself. Just self-proclaimed, that. yeah.
1: <laughs> you do have the best memes for sure. Um, well, man, now no now, now that no we've uh, gone through our therapy session, and hopefully your blood pressure is lower <laughs> and you're feeling better, um, let's end yeah. on a positive note. How? Tell me about uh, what it's like being at Starting Strength Orlando.
0: Oh, it's been great. Um, we're in a great location. Um, working with with Scott and Kelly Seidel. Um, has been great, uh, super supportive and, um, uh, really worked hard to, uh, you know, to get the gym up and running the right way. Um, I thought we have done a, a good job in selecting staff in the way of, of Jacob as the other coach and the apprentices. Um, and we're in a great location in Maitland, just North of winter park, um, uh, in a high traffic area. Um, and, and I've had, we've had people come to the gym that have signed up that, that I knew. Or work with before in a one-off capacity, or people that are just fans of the program. Um, but really, what's been great, Ray, is that um, you know, of the last, we just had three signups in the last four days. All three of them were referrals. One was a buddy of somebody else that's that's doing well there. One was the father of another new member, and one is the friend of a of another uh, a member that's uh, that's that's been doing well uh, with the program. So a, a lot of our folks have either been the initial core group have been, you know, fans of the program, and are, you know, doing it on their own, or have been kind of pulled into the orbit by folks that, but you know, by by those members, and it continues to grow um, in, in that way. And it's it's I'm glad to see that because it's um, uh, I think you tend to have um, folks that are are going to be members for the long term, mm-hmm. right? They understand this is going to be I, I'm going to be committed to this for the for the long term, um, and uh, and it's nice to also live with friends and family yep. um, so we have a husband and wife we have a couple husband and wife teams we have a couple father son teams um and that's always been fun to see but I, I gotta tell you man i was uh it's just great being back in a gym and uh and being in especially with a you know with the group the energy that you get from coaching those those groups um it, it is unparalleled mm-hmm. comparing somebody like uh and not that i don't love working with my one-on-one clients but um, the, the energy that you get in a group with, you know, everyone lifting and cheering, you know, in, in some cases they, they might cheer each other on um, versus something like, especially online coaching um, is it, just, you, you can't compare it. Yep. And, uh, and it's, it's, uh, I love going in every day. Um, I love doing what I do. I'm re, you know, constantly re-energized around some of the other stuff that I do, too. Um,
1: Florida's going to be big, man. We're going to have three gyms there. Orlando, Tampa, Miami, just to start. And we'll probably do more after that. And
0: um, Yeah, but we were we were first, just so we know. We, we're in the great state of Florida. I'm never moving. It's been awesome through this <laughs> whole rigmarole the last couple of years. Uh, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else.
1: You have a governor um, who seems like he is a reasonable person, which is pretty unusual in politics. So... That's nice.
0: Yeah, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a, uh, I wouldn't even know anything about them uh, until, you know, the pandemic stuff start pandemic shit started. And then you kind of look at these different, um, folks making different decisions about stuff and you're just like, "Mm, I'm glad I don't live there. I'm glad I don't live there. And, um, so from a, from a, you know, operation standpoint, small business operation standpoint, I can't see being anywhere, anywhere else Mm -hmm. really. Um, you know, I'd be reluctant to to open or move a business to some of these other folks
1: other than Based the on weather on I saw. and your fellow residents florida's a pretty nice spot you know
0: what do you mean come on yeah, how we, many news how fine. many news
1: articles start oh you're you're, you're uh <laughs> you're, you're combating me on the weather not the not the resident claim as long as we can agree i mean how many articles do you read in the news that start with a florida man dot 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 i think there's a well listen first of
0: all there there yeah because it, we have our sunshine laws here then that makes everything everything is open into the public so there, there is a reason for that. But yeah, you know what, to be quite honest with you, I, I just don't give a shit about Florida man. I am going to become my own Florida man and become a headline uh, soon anyway. So I, I'm just trying to think of what crazy shit I can do that is worth a Florida man headline.
1: Well, if you're trying to draw attention so to the you, gym, that's the way to get it, so.
0: Well, that might be, eh, I don't know. It might be my last act. <laughs> anyway
1: but all publicity is uh, good publicity you know you think so i, I right. do i do um with exceptions <laughs> so maybe not all <laughs> so maybe i don't uh, uh, yeah
0: i mean yeah so I'm, I'm trying to be i'm trying to become a florida man headline in my spare time um i believe in you and uh i think the weather's fine i think you're you know so what you know nine months out of the year your, your sack is sticking to your inner thigh but uh it's it's worth it the trade-off is is worth it i can just you know wiggle around i'm unstuck i'll deal with a little humidity we have air conditioning for crying out loud uh and uh and yeah uh uh, i'm i'm good with it so
1: um, really. i don't know what idaho's
0: like but you know it's a pain in the ass to get to boise yep to fly anywhere from from anywhere that's true so that's
1: why i stopped flying and you guys
0: got you guys got more i'm i'm thinking about I'm seriously thinking because the rents have gone up significantly here in the Orlando market mm. uh, because of the influx of, of refugees from other states. But I'm so I'm wondering if it's worth it to just start bullying people
1: with California or New York license plates. Probably couldn't hurt. I don't know. Yeah. And they kind of deserve it because they <laughs> dug their own grave to, <laughs> myself. included.
0: I try to play up the Florida man. Oh, this is horrible. Don't move here, man. Yeah. Meth heads everywhere crazy shit alligators alligators and methods yeah Ooh, alligators Ooh,
1: alligators kind of cool but it's not gonna whatever, work dude. i just it's I, not gonna i just work. try to live yeah you know there are too I many i try to uh, live my life by the... there are too many positive huh? traits in a place like florida you know the sticky balls and uh and the nut jobs and the alligators aside you know there aren't many free spots left on earth at the moment so mm. to be to be there to be where i'm at definitely the way to go
0: Yeah. No, I dig it. And I I dig it. And we try to, we try to live our lives by the the tenants of the Wu-Tang clan uh, every day. Um, you know, the Wu-Tang clan number one is nothing to fuck
1: with. Wow. You know, the tenants
0: and, and and protect your goddamn neck, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's one of the ones that I think you could have used help with. You should have told me that in October. That would have been
0: helpful. Protect your goddamn neck too late. Yeah. Yeah. I'll hook you up with my Wu-Tang financial guy. Damn. Um, and uh, and uh, and see if we can't get you squared away,
1: but uh, but yeah. Dude, I don't think there's any possible better way to end the podcast than with a Wu Tang quote. So let's just leave it at that.
0: Okay, and let's make sure that we we say our prayers to Harambe. Blessed be his name, and thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, the opportunity.
1: All right, man. Well, I finally got you back, and hopefully, I didn't start a war because you're better at this than I am, and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know if I'm better than that, but I just got to be a bit more creative. We'll see. All right, Pete. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me
0: on. Though seriously, right? Yeah, I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right, All right brother. Take care.